adesso parte il tiro, rete, 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 un gol straordinario! Welcome to Rate This Way, cultural podcast that brings you the latest and greatest news from the world of Syria and European soccer. I'm Michael D'Angelo, and as always, we have Paolo Nobaloni Mangoni. Welcome back, everybody. Mr. Chris Paselli. How's it going, everyone? And the new favorite, Paju <laughs> D'Angelo. How's everybody doing? Paju D'Angelo. That's the best one. I mean, that's, that's it. That's going to stick. Uh, apparently, that's the one. <laughs> that's it. That is the one. Um, uh, yeah, Paulo, great intro song. I, I really appreciate you choosing that one. It's, um, it's, uh, I, it actually brings me back. I think my parents used to listen to the song often in, in like, you know, car trips and stuff. So I actually really enjoy this one. Uh, and it was in Spider-Man. We've come to learn. <laughs> Which you'll, you and I are watching soon. Uh, are you talking to me or Julian? No, no, I'm talking to you, Paulo. The other yeah. Paulo. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking to Paulo too, Paju. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to have to convince me because uh, it's going to be a hard sell. Okay. Um, Samuel L. Jackson, isn't it? Seriously? Yeah. Uh, God. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll okay, see. we'll talk about it. Excellent. That's all, hey, that's all I can ask for. Um, just quickly, uh, I want to, uh, reveal, I guess not really reveal, we've already kind of, uh, put it out there, but, uh, just a huge pound on our own backs here <laughs> for, uh, <laughs> our faces award nominations. So, uh, we're very excited about this. So Ottawa has, uh, the, well, faces magazine has an award for Ottawa's, uh, I guess, favorite, uh, you know, things in the city. There's, you know, there's favorite restaurants, et cetera. And, um, we have been nominated for Ottawa's favorite podcast slash podcaster and favorite sports podcast. So thank you. Uh, we're hugely excited. Now let's go out there and win this thing. Uh, if we win this thing and we, we get a record of people who voted for us, Paolo Mangoni, no baloney, will send a personalized thank you card to every single one of you. That's huge. <laughs> That's huge. Personalized. We'll get the names. Uh, he'll write a quick joke. No duplications. We're going to make sure that none of his jokes that he write that he writes are the same. Um, and uh, there's going to be quality there. I feel like that's uh, that's some, some good stuff. So again, let's. Uh, uh, we we've kind of put onto our Twitter how to vote in this uh, this fun contest or fun awards. Uh, nomination process so we go to faces magazine's website um again we're under our category specifically is under media so you go under media you'll find uh podcast slash podcaster vote for rate this way and uh under sports favorite sports podcast again vote for rate this way uh and i believe i i i can't i'll confirm this for sure but i believe it's uh, a vote like every day so you can go in and vote every day for us and that would be huge 
Uh, I want to win this thing. I, I want this under my belt. This is a competition. Uh, and I want to cream the competition. And I want Paulo to have to write over uh, 500 personalized uh, thank you cards. So let's get on this. Let's do it. Let's share, uh, share the good news. And let's, uh, again, let's be the best in Ottawa. How about that? I like it. Yeah. So um, about that, uh, people, uh, uh, we're going to have to call on the uh, the Calcio Twitter c- uh, community to spam the voting. Okay, uh, well, Paulo, you don't. <laughs> no, because that's the only way. That's the only way we're going to win. If we Paulo, get, you, know, you outside... idiot, you don't. When you're going to commit fraud, you don't <laughs> no, go on not... public broadcasting it that you're going to commit this fraud. fraud. It's fraud. No, it's not fraud. What do you mean? No, it's not. How does it? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. How how can only Ottawa's you know uh, people of Ottawa vote for that? You know it's open to everyone. Uh, uh, that's what I'm saying. So we have to rely on outsiders like the Calcio Twitter community to help us out because remember we're in a uh, a city that is like hardcore hockey, and we're we're uh, you know we're underdogs in this in this competition. Listen, I just is there a hockey team in Ottawa? I don't know what's <laughs> what's hockey, but I but I don't I know. I don't know football. See, so we're we're the favorites, if you ask me. Yeah. Oh, okay. And if and if someone should ask Paulo, Paulo should also say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are. You guys... Well, what, Paulo? <laughs> you guys, you guys are crazy. We're disappointed. In we're you winners. Guys. We're exactly. We're, we're winners. winners. <laughs> <laughs> Paulo's never won a thing in his goddamn life. <laughs> no baloney there. Fuck. <laughs> Anyways, vote for your favorite uh, <laughs> podcast and podcaster and sports podcast. Uh, rate it this way, your friends. Um, we we will be eternally grateful, and uh, we're very excited again to uh, have the the honor of being uh, nominated through um, through the Faces Awards here. Uh, okay, so that was a, a fun little um, intro to our show. We actually have a, quite a packed show, so why don't we kind of get through things? Um, as quickly as we can. So what we'll do first is we'll go through uh, the last match day. So match day 15, uh, we'll kind of highlight some, some big games there. And then uh, in the second half of the show, we will, uh, again, it's silly season, silly season, right? So we'll talk on some, some of the big transfers that we're hearing uh, about. It just started, just opened, I believe yesterday. Is that true, Paul? Uh, today, I think. Today. Yeah. Oh, today. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, that's why Nagelin couldn't play on the weekend, but he'll play midweek for Cagliari. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, okay, well, there you go. Actually, I, I, should have, I shouldn't have dated when I said that. I should have said January 3rd instead of January 4th, but it is, in fact, January 4th. <laughs> uh, Paulo can edit this out, though, right, Paulo? Sure. I don't think I will, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's... Uh, okay, let's start with... Um, the first game of Sunday. So all these games happen actually on Sunday, I believe. So we'll start with uh, Inter-Crotone quickly. Julian, why don't we go through that? So Crotone, surprisingly this season, he took the lead in this one. Um, they scored 10 minutes in off the corner. Um, Bidal, for whatever reason, decided to not mark Zanelotto, and he scored a header. Zanelotto, excuse me. Um, Inter then going Zanetti. back. Zanetti. <laughs> Inter then going back through uh, Lotaro, um, and then did they go up? 
Yeah, they went up 2-1, to one, up... I think, on an own goal from yeah, Adone. exactly. And then yeah. Vidal, again, gave away a stupid rash penalty, <laughs> as he's done a few times so far this season. Um, so the game was tied at two going into half. Me, I was a little bit stressed. Uh, but then Conte actually turned on his golden boy and subbed him off at half. And then Inter coasted to a 6-2 win from that point on, with uh, Lotaro getting his first hat-trick in Inter colors. Um, Lukaku scored as well. He did go off injured, but it doesn't appear to be anything too, too serious. Um, might be missed in the weekend game, but shouldn't be anything beyond that. Um, and Hakimi actually scored his fifth of the year. So everybody always kind of says he hasn't quite lived up to expectations, but he has five goals and four assists on the season. So he's doing pretty good so far. Yeah, he is. I think that's, I was going to note that too, that he's already scored another goal. Um, so again, just to confirm, he's a loan. Hakimi, no, dry no, no. loan. He's uh, he was bought forty million. He yeah. was bought. Wow. Okay, that's yeah. good. Exciting. Uh, okay, so yeah, again, that that uh, game ends. Uh, I think I, yeah, yeah, because they they scored that PK as well, and then uh, they went fire in the second yeah. half there. Um, Okay, so 6-2 Inter over Crotone. They keep pace. Obviously, they are, at this point, they're actually first in the league. That's, uh, sorry, um, just one more but... thing. That's actually eight wins in a row for them in the league. So, Ooh. Yeah, yeah I think I read it first time since Mourinho. Yeah. I think that happened. Wow. How many wins in a row in Europe is that? Uh, not many, but <laughs> it's okay. Okay, we'll... we'll... <laughs> I just I know I'm gonna get my comeuppance when uh, Juve either don't win the title or crash out of Europe as well. So I'm gonna make the most. I'm gonna make the most of this as much as I can. Uh, okay, so next up we'll we'll go through Atlanta Sassuolo. Uh, so yeah, Julian, why don't we go through that too? Um, so this one was kind of touted to be a crazy, entertaining game. You know, two kind of Italy's most favorite teams so far this year. Um, however, Atlanta completely took control of this game and never let it go. Um, so they ended up winning this one 5-1. to one. They scored the opening five goals. Uh, Zapata opened the scoring, then Piscina from Ilicic, then Zapata from Freuler, then Gozen from Zapata, and then Muriel from Freuler. Um, so they don't really seem to be missing Papu Gomez all that much. Um, and then... Papu, am I right? Papu. <laughs> And then Sassuolo did get one back late, uh, ruining the clean sheet bid. Kirikas scored off of a corner. It was a bit of a clusterfuck in the box, and he managed to put it away. Um, but yeah, they did not really look all that good, which, I don't know, Sassuolo's recent run of form hasn't been great. Um, they kind of, I know we mentioned a couple times now, they need to figure it out, but they are really need to figure it out. It, just to add on to that, so you're right, Julian. They've only won two of their last five, and you know you might want to say, you know, hit the panic button at Sassuolo, but they're still sitting in sixth in the table. Uh, Atalanta does have a game in hand, so if they get a point from that, they they leapfrog them. But nonetheless, Sassuolo is probably still in a position that they're they're happy with. What I'll be interested to see is how committed they are, or how seriously are they taking this potential European finish to the season because if, if they go out and get some depth players that that will show the rest of the league that they're really going to go for it this year and try and finish in that top seven uh, or they're just going to ride it out with the crew they have and hope that it's good enough now obviously they don't have funds like a lot of other Serie A clubs but I'll be interested to see how much money they can commit 
to bringing new players in to, to really strengthen the squad going forward. So, Chris, you were talking about how they sit in six. So, they actually have 10 more points uh, after 15 games than compared to last season. So, that, so way probably more so ahead of their expected placement this time of the year. Yeah, yeah fair. Um, okay, well, let's, uh, let's pivot from here then. Let's continue on. And why don't we talk about, uh, just quickly here, Napoli Cagliari. Um, so Napoli ends up, uh, actually here, actually before we get into that, I want to just note that we had some, uh, we had three really great goals this week, uh, this weekend. So Piscina was in the first game and he actually had uh, a very nice one. It wasn't our goal of the week, but it's, it's noteworthy. Uh, and then now we, that we move, we're moving into the Napoli game, Zielinski also had a very nice goal. Um, and he opened the scoring for Napoli in the 25th. Um, Joe Pedro uh, tied it in the 60th, so in the second half, make it 1-1. But then Napoli kind of uh, took their stranglehold. Zielinski got a brace. Uh, Lozano and Insigne score as well. Uh, and that's kind of after, well, Zielinski scores a 62nd. Then uh, Kelly gets a double yellow card. Uh, and that kind of just kind of seals their fate. Uh, but it ends, yeah, 4-1 Napoli. So Napoli are, again, themselves having a, I think, a rebound after some little, you know, struggles a little bit earlier on, um, or the past couple of weeks, rather. Uh, so it looks like they're kind of getting back into form after that reversal of their 3-0 um, uh, forfeit. Uh, okay, so after that, so why don't we talk quickly? Nothing happened. Fiorentina Bologna zero zero. I mean, Fiorentina coming off that massive, massive three nothing beating of <laughs> uh, the champions Juventus, um, but uh, they they can't. <laughs> they they're held by Bologna, and it ends zero zero. Uh, why don't we get into Genoa Lazio? Right. So Genoa Lazio important for both clubs. Uh, Lazio obviously fighting to push towards you know the top four and, and reclaim a European spot for next year, and then Genoa fighting relegation. So both teams you know highly motivated. Nonetheless, uh, it finished two nil, or sorry one one. Excuse me, I look at the wrong game here. Finished one <laughs> one. Uh, there was a penalty for Lazio uh, early on enough. Um, I'm using air quotes here. It was it was deemed a foul by VAR. Um, Zapata is going up for a header with Malinkovic, who, yes, he's, he's a big man, but, uh, I think we all agree when we were talking offline guys, that it was probably a, a pretty harsh call, um, on Genoa and Zapata for that matter. Um, captain Immobile obviously comes up and slots it. So that made it one nil for Lazio. Um, but then Genoa who actually looked pretty organized in this match compared to most weeks especially defensively. Uh, that being said, Destro, who seems to, I feel like he scored four weeks in a row now or four of the past five weeks. Um, so he scored to tie it up for Genoa. Uh, but Praise does need to go to uh, Shomorodov, the uh, young uh, Uzbeki player. Uh, he picks the ball up about like, 15 yards inside of Genoa's half, uh, makes his way forward, plays a nice through ball for Destro, who then finishes it off. So, um, I know the, the goal scorer often gets the credits, and Destro should in this case, but Shomorodov did do well to, to set him up. Uh, so, yeah, it finishes 1-1, not 2-0 as I mentioned <laughs> at the beginning. Um, huge, huge point, though, for Genoa, and especially for Maran, who's uh, on a quest uh, to just keep his job right now. No, uh, hold on, hold then... on, hold on. She... <laughs> no, uh, Maran got sacked as Ballardini, who has... Who has oh, it is Ballardini. Po- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, you're right. They, they, and they should point that out. 
Um, so yes, big point for Genoa nonetheless. Um, and then for Inzaghi and Lazio, they actually dropped to ninth in the table, six points back of Napoli. So, uh, Paulo, you've been harping on the Lazio provincial mentality lately, and uh, it showed a little bit in this match. I'm not surprised. I mean, uh, <laughs> there, there's something missing, and now you know there's reports. Uh, especially in the, in the Roman newspapers, that uh, there is, um, you know, a couple of arguments between uh, Ilitare and, and Lotito. So we'll, we'll see how that pans out because I think they're arguing about, uh, you know, how to improve the squad and and and, and they definitely need some help. Uh, I mean, especially, I think it was a mistake. Uh, Marique hasn't panned out uh, the way Lazio fans thought he would be, uh, and and they definitely need someone uh, up, up front. Uh, to help immobile. I think I would say Correa has been that guy, just not consistently. He's he's got that ability. He's talented, but not consistently enough to be Immobile's strike partner. You know, game in and game out. And for, for Muriki, I would give him a bit more time. I think because he was either injured or he had to sit out because of COVID when he first arrived. Hmm. There, there was something that yeah, he couldn't play right away. I think it was COVID. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, I, I would still give him a bit more time before you know Lazio fans truly judge him on it. I find you know any time players moving to a new league, you kind of have to give them a bit more slack. So, um, but nonetheless, I'm sure Lazio fans are are chomping at the bit, waiting for him to get going. Uh, well, I think I think Lazio fans already judged him after his performance against Milan. So I, I mean, <laughs> I, think that, I think that ship already sailed. Yeah, strikers have that blessing though. They just got to score one goal in a big game. It could be four weeks from now, and everything else is forgotten. Exactly, and that's what Destro's done. He scored. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, like you said, he scored four in his last four, but he uh, he was held off the score sheet in one of them. He had a brace against Milan, um, but yeah, he's clearly uh, showing a little bit more um, knack for goals currently. So he's in, he's definitely in form. Maybe that means that. Uh, Milan will ask for him back if you know if Ibra can't come back. They need they need a a, a leader up front, right? <laughs> a natural goal a scorer. natural goal scorer. <laughs> natural goal scorer. Hey, he's just making God a bid to make the uh, Euro team. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Luca would love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out, Luca. Um. But yeah, that's it for um, for the Lazio Genoa game. Okay, excellent. Um, let's move on then to Parma Torino, Paolo. Okay, so uh, single single for Torino opened the scoring after uh, Belotti sent him on goal and managed to beat uh, Bruno Alves for pace, which is you know pretty easy as Bruno Alves is getting almost forty. Um, so Parma had a couple of chances to tie it up uh, from Cornelius and Caramo, but. Uh, Cornelius put his chances wide and Sirigu stopped uh, Caramo. Verdi squandered a good chance to make it 2-0 uh, as he pulled it wide, again sent through uh, on goal by, by Bellotti as well. Uh, so Torino made it 2-0 after Itzo rose above Jacoponi to head the ball home from a corner. Uh, and then uh, the Granada c- completed the route as Bellotti provided another, sit- another assist for Goyak. I believe that's how you pronounce his name, who scored his first uh, Serie A goal. So uh, from what I noticed from this game is that uh, Parma looks uh, lost without Gervinho. And today I read that he vi- that Gervinho visited a specialist to find out the extent of his injury. Uh, Torino's second winner of the season and their second clean sheet of the season. 
So this win, uh, this win pushes Torino out of the relegation zone on goal difference and relieves some of the pressure that has that has been building on Giampaolo. And again, now the loss, uh, on the other hand, puts Lorani on the hot seat and uh, most likely is at risk to be sacked if they lo- if Parma loses against Atalanta in the next game. So the replacement uh, most likely will be Derversa because he's still under contract with Parma. And that's basically a red to this way scoop because we said that last week. <laughs> I think Paul has been saying yeah. it since the yeah. start of the season. Exactly. There you have it. <laughs> yes, right yeah. to this yes, way. I have. There you have The scoop. Yeah. We have it here. We have I, it first. I will say, though, I think it's harsh. I mean, again, we, I'm not going to go over my thoughts on Liverani. I think it's well known, but I think it's harsh to make Atalanta kind of the like decision day. That's that's a tough match for mm-hmm. you know pretty much any club in Serie A to win. So um, I could not not to you know defend them at all, but I think that's it's harsh for that match to be the one where they say where they draw the line in the sand and say win or you're out. Well, it's probably they probably already made their minds. I know they were supposed to have a meeting. Either, I think it was today, uh, they're supposed to go over it. Um, but the thing is, is you can't really fire. It's not the most, it's not the best idea to fire a manager, you know, just two days before uh, a game uh, midweek, right? So I, I think I think they already made up their mind. And, you know, uh, especially if, if they drop points against Atalanta and they move down into, into the relegation zone, I, I think that, that seals it. Yeah, we'll have no two. That that would be their fourth loss in a row if they lose to yeah. uh, Atlanta. They had two draws before that where they drew they drew Milan, um, but yeah. because Jorinho scored, Jorinho scored in that game. I'm, I'm telling you, it's without Jorinho, they they are at risk of, of, of being right. relegated. Yeah, it's basically since that Genoa game, who are below them, um, they haven't won since then. So that's in uh, the end of November. Yeah, yeah. so it's. Uh, so yeah, yeah, they they haven't won the entire month of December, and which is why they're only one point above uh, relegation. Precisely. Precisely. Uh, okay, so that uh, yeah, that ended it. Uh, Torino uh, ended up three nothing winners over Parma. Um, again, pivoting here, let's move on to Roma Samp. So Roma come away with the one nothing victory after Zeko finally breaks the deadlock in the seventy second minute. Uh, to take the win over Samp, um, so good for them. They're they're continuing their strong form of late. Um, they sit third in the league. Uh, Spezia Hellas Verona. Uh, so this game was at the beginning a little bit back and forth, uh, but eventually Hellas Verona started to take uh, give Spezia a little more of the gears. Uh, Spezia go down to. 10 men in the 68th uh, after a double yellow card. And uh, actually they, <laughs> they end up with our goal of the week um, with a, a beautiful, uh, beautiful kick here. Well, let's, uh, let's play the, the audio first and then we'll kind of get into it. Verona, uno, 
qualche minuto fa al 76esimo per la precisione ha cambiato il parziale con la rete di Zaccagni cross al volo dalla destra di Faraoni rovesciata a centro area di Zaccagni che non ha lasciato scampo a provvedere al pallone che si è insaccato alle spalle del portiere dello Spezia ricordiamo Spezia in 10 uomini per l'espulsione doppio giallo di Chabot avuti anche dopo il gol del Verona Erlich e Agumè sempre dello Spezia è entrato nel Verona Ceccherini al posto di Di Marco ha ehm, come dire, eh, fatto valere la superiorità numerica il Verona grazie alla rete di Zac Zaccagni and that was uh, they were kind of going off with nothing here but I have the, the better call here back to Tamez forward to Fareone this is impressive here from Verona acrobatic effort and what a goal to break the deadlock Mattia Zaccagni with a piece of brilliance well we said it would take something special to break the deadlock in this game And that is what Zaccagni has just produced. Beautiful uh, overhead bike, uh, bicycle kick from Zaccagni, who, again, clearly uh, we had a poll on our Twitter, and this, this one by far um, is the, the goal of the week. And again, Fadeoni with the, uh, the, the assist. Uh, it was actually a beautiful pass to play. I, I found that Tels Verona has had a couple... Uh, this game specifically had a couple of good passing plays that, you know, um, one was a great save and then, you know, a couple of just, just missed. But this one, again, clearly a lot of skill to pull that off and it was a beautiful finish. Um, and this game ends up one nothing. Hellas Verona one nothing winners uh, and they kind of cement themselves in the top half of this table here. They're currently sitting in eighth. Uh, and with Lazio's draw, that kind of uh, secures that position for them. So, uh, again, a huge, huge game for them. Uh, okay, so quickly here, let's move on to uh, Milan Benevento. Chris, why don't you just run through the, the score for that? <clears throat> sure, yeah. So it finished 2-0 Milan. Again, I think most people would have expected Milan to win. Uh, there was you know, quite a bit that actually happened inside of that. It wasn't your t- traditional 2-0 win for the favorite. Uh, there was an early pen given uh, for a foul on Rebic. Uh, Kessie buried that. Of course, there's no Ibra, so Kessie is the uh, penalty kick taker. Uh, then there was a, just an absolutely you know, idiotic tackle from Tonali in the 30th minute, in and around there. Uh, straight red, you know, deservedly so. And then Milan's playing down the man for the, you know, the remainder of the match. Um, that being said, Leal was able to make it 2-0 with I thought it was a nice goal. I thought it could have been nominated for part of our top three goals of the week for our listeners to vote on, but who am I, right? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it, it finished 2-0. Like I said, a good three points for Milan. Um, no Teo Hernandez due to suspension, no Ben Asser, and no Ibra due to injury. So good win um, despite missing those guys and despite being down a man for 60 minutes and change. Okay, so I just want to comment on that penalty. And I know we discussed it offline, but again, that uh, that, that penalty is dubious at best. The least. Uh, at best, <laughs> yes. And uh, again, I just want to point out to our listeners that Milan has ten penalties penalties this season. Ten. That's double the rest of the league. Let me tell you why. Yes. That's hard work. Right? <laughs> yes. It's hard work. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard work to get you know calls. And we'll we'll see who gets penalties Wednesday. 
Uh, hey, listen. We all know. Uh, we all listen, know. Listen, if gonna... that happens, Chris, that's just uh, that's good. That's just the juju, right? That's just that's good. <laughs> good fortune coming back because uh, literally fuck Milan. How about that? <laughs> um, let's get let's get into that in a little bit. Uh, Paula, do you want to just run down uh, again quickly? We won't have to go into it too much, but just the score of the Juventus Udinese game. It ended up finishing four uh, one. Uh, I know Ronaldo scored a double, a brace. Um, Dybala scored with his right foot. Uh, and then there was, uh, I think Ramsey was un was unjust uh, unfairly penalized. I think I think that goal should have stood. Uh, I mean, there was it wasn't really he can much he can do with his hand. He was on the ground supporting himself, so I think it was unfair. Uh, and uh, someone else scored. I'm trying to remember. Chiesa. 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 Yeah. 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 And that was well deserved too. He yeah. Had a good so game. those were the four goals, and Ziegler scored for uh, Udinese. And actually, speaking of handball and one taken back, um, DePaul. DePaul yeah, scored. That's right. Yeah. Had one taken back. Yeah. See, but that was a clear. That was a. That was a conclusive handball. You saw his arm kind of, you know, cradle the ball to kind of push it forward. With Ramsey, like, if, if, let's take the football standard, right? It has to be conclusive to overturn the call. I didn't see any 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 conclusive images that show that Ramsey handled That's the That's because you've got your Juve goggles on. <laughs> that, you, oh, come on. Yeah, don't, don't it wasn't, I mean, he obviously didn't like, mean like, to, but he was still sliding his hand, kind of corralled the ball and kept it where he needed it. It's, again, it's a weird gray area, but I think it was the right call ultimately, especially considering, and I know the pause was more obvious, but the refs are going to give a one-for-one one in sports. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I thought Ramsey had uh, one of the, his best games of the season. Uh, so that's why I thought he deserved a goal. Uh, regardless of, of Ronaldo scoring two goals, I think Ramsey was the best player on the, on the field. Uh, yeah, and I, I guess that's, uh, again, just important to note because they have a big game coming up on Wednesday. Uh, there's the derby uh, between Milan and Juventus. This derby doesn't have a name, Chris. Why does it, why does it not have a name? Uh, I think it's like... You know Fight Club, where they say the first rule about Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. It's just kind of one of those things. that just you don't you don't give it a name, you don't talk about it. It just it happens. What's Fight Club? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you brought it up because this is I wanted to touch on this. So um, today, Alexandro tested positive for the COVID. And uh, uh, Michael, I don't know if you watched uh, the game uh, against Udinese. Uh, Ferbrota Bro- came on, and he was piss poor. Like, uh, like drunk? He, he was shit. drunk. The Udinese, <laughs> like, no, he was like he was terrible. Like, um, like it was. I think it was the Paul on the wing who sent Ferbrota for a hot dog. Like, just like absolutely torched him, and and then which led to the uh, the Ziegler uh, the Ziegler goal. So. I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think he should start. Okay, I think it should be Kulisevsky Whoa, on the wing. Oh, Chris, Chris. Well, you let him talk like that. Oh, I'm listening. You let him talk. What? what was it? I, 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 okay, personally, I think it should be Kulisevsky and Kiesa as wing backs, and then uh, uh, Dybala and um, Ronaldo up front. I think Mur- I don't know. Murata said he's supposed to miss the game against Milan, so no, so. Maybe maybe you Kiesa would be play uh, higher up, or actually it could be Ramsey as well. So 
hopefully, uh, what I would like to see is Ronaldo, Dybala, Ramsey, and then Kulaseski and Kies on the wings. Because this way you limit, you know, the you know, uh, Sandra's out. You limit the inexperience from for Botta, especially now that I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Teo Andrews is back yeah, on suspension. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So you're gonna have Teo Andrews, and then Calabria, which I guarantee you, Calabria will probably torch for Botta if that ha- if if for Botta plays. So I'd rather have exper- more experienced players uh, on on the wings, even though they're not natural wing backs. But at least they have that that um, skill set to play out wide. I mean, Mr. Cr- Mr. Chris, <laughs> no. For me, I got I got was saying to you before. I hope Kulusevski plays there because if they go Kulusevski and Chiesa, you're essentially playing, you know, two attack minded players in those wing back positions, and if they get caught out unorganized, they're going to be very vulnerable. So. Like if I'm playing that formation, I think there has to be a balance between the two wing backs. If one's attack minded, that's fine, but the other one has to be a bit more reserved. And if you're playing Kulusevski and Chiesa, you're playing, like I said, two guys that prefer to be further up the pitch than further back. So it's just uh, you're relying on everyone else a lot more to to balance out their their movements and their positioning. But again, I, I I'm okay with that if because they're playing against Milan, I would just. Yeah, Paul, I agree. Them not yeah. really, I but... think that's, you're just asking for uh, Teo Hernandez to have a field day on that one. Yeah, but, but think about it. Would you rather have, like, I, I, no, this is my question for Mike. Danilo, okay, where, you know, it doesn't provide anything going forward, or would you rather risk it all and, and put Kies on there to actually kind of put pressure on Milan, like, going forward instead of having Milan constantly... Uh, Attacking Listen, wave you know wave. me. I'm ready to risk it all. That's <laughs> that's the game I play. But so, yeah, risking it all means having Bonucci in that lineup, and I do not want Bonucci in the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, there's nothing uh, you I can think... do about that one. He's going to be there. <laughs> I think Demerol should start, but uh, we'll see what happens. I think Paulo. I, I don't hate your idea. Um, it would be. It definitely would remind me more of. Uh, I, I I would like to see Chiesa kind of take on that that Licksteiner um, kind of mentality, that uh, Forest mentality, <laughs> J- just He's running. Just I running. think that's yeah. literally. I think he can yeah. do that. Um, it would be interesting if 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 he puts him back there, but I don't know. I I, I don't know if it would work. Uh, especially against Milan, but again, all I know is that this is a huge game. If Juventus are going to claw anything back, uh, Inter should also be very interested in this game, of course. Um, but yeah, as again, long I, as uh, a draw is an ideal scenario, or yeah, dare I say it, even yeah. a Juve win. Well, a Juve win probably is the best case scenario for them, um, but they, that means that they also need to take points uh, from from their game. I think who they're playing, they are playing. They play Champ. Samp, right? Samp, who are coming off that Roma loss, so which and yeah. they didn't play that bad yeah. either, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm. I just my main concern is this derby doesn't have a name. Outside of that, I think uh, I'm just ready to pop bottles after. Uh, Why don't after we the call it and... the Derby della Benucci? Yeah. <laughs> oh goddamn. <laughs> It could be the Derby de la Fat Man. El Fatso, Higuain. Ah, that's true. 
There's a couple of names we could give it. People. Anyway, my my preferred outcome for this game is a one nothing Juventus win. Oh, that's convenient. Uh, after a uh, after a uh, Ronaldo yes. penalty, because oh that would just rub and it's Redvich who wound. who in the. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so wait, Paulo, you want to go all out attack, but Juve is going to score one goal off of a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> Exposed. <laughs> Exposed. Yes. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, okay. So uh, you can you can go all out attack and only score one goal. Maybe because Milan gets lucky and, and you know and Donnarumma pulls off some uh, some cr- incredible saves. You know it, it, that could happen. No, every, every game the, Milan the wins result... is lucky for sure. Oh, 100 percent. There's no they don't win any game. <laughs> yeah, on there. Yeah. I hope you know that. No, they don't. <laughs> I mean, did you look at that penalty against against Benevento? or or the penalties against? No, no, Sam? they were all lucky. Need, 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 I, need I go on? Need I go on? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, half of those penalties that they got this season were utter bullshit. Yes, I, t- I told you, it's the leftover money from Agnelli. He has too much money to spend. <laughs> right, okay, trickling yeah, into money. Mind. Yeah, when when <laughs> yeah yeah when when XOR is is uh, is burning is bleeding money th- uh, this year. Right, okay, yeah, that makes. Total hey, sense. you know what? Milan, Milan <laughs> are red and black, right? And you know what else is a red color usually? A Fiat. What? So, <laughs> think about it. Think about it. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it for <laughs> our, our recap here. Um, so, yeah, we kind of previewed Milan-Juve this week, which is, again, going to be a great game. Um, other, I guess, notable ones, just just to kind of say it again, we said Inter-Samp is going to be a good one. Um I think uh, Napoli playing Spezia is important because again they need their. This sounds like a slam dunk for them. Uh, if they don't come away with all the points, uh, this could be this kind of hurts the fact that they have had such a good turnaround since that uh, that three nothing overturned uh, result. So that's just something to look out for. Um, outside of that, again, it's uh, it's going to be fair game for the midweek. I think everyone's going to be glued on. Um, on the TV for that, uh, that afternoon game or, or late evening game, wherever you're watching from for Milan Juve though. Um, okay. I think that's, uh, that's it for our recap there. Cristiano Ronaldo is the capo. Just wanted to put that out there again. He's got 14 goals, um, Inter and Milan Merda. Let's, uh, <laughs> why don't we, <laughs> why don't we take a quick break here? Uh, and when we come back, we will get into. We'll just get silly, boys. Let's just get silly. Let's let's do that. Okay, so we'll take a quick break. Rated this way is brought to you by Bapu's Cucina Italiana, located in the heart of Manitic. A family-owned and operated Italian restaurant, the perfect spot for a romantic dinner for two or for groups to celebrate special events. For more information, visit babuscucina.ca.
Welcome back to the show. This is Paulo's uh, probably favorite song. He was just telling us off air that, that, that it's one of his favorite songs. I think it is his favorite. Um, but uh, for just no reason other than I, I thought of this and now I want to play it, I'm also going to play this right after here. Have you ever had a dream that, <laughs> that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything? <laughs> oh. oh Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Wiser Special Blend <laughs> Whiskey with uh, Ginger Ale. Ryan Ginger Ale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. All right. The second half of the show, welcome. Um, let's, uh, I, like I said before, we're going to get right into transfers. So why don't we do that? Oh, fuck. Paulo, are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Yeah, Michael, are you ready? Yeah, I'm good. Hey, man. Hey, I'm, I'm beauty. I'm beautiful. <laughs> good, 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 good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, why don't we again? We're going to get into transfers here, so why don't we start with uh, the best team ever, Juventus? Paulo, what uh, what's going on with Juventus here? So the news that came out of Italy today was that uh, Juventus are monitoring the Papu Gomez situation and asked for info uh, just in case they have some exits. So the the exit that uh, was was mentioned was that Berardeschi is uh, is being followed by to Berlin. Hmm. So those who are looking for uh, potential exits like uh, Bernardeschi, uh, Kadira, and so on and so forth, uh, there's at least uh, one uh, tra- transfer that could materialize. So there was also um, another name added to the uh, list of strikers that they're interested. So let me go through the entire list and then I'll explain who the new uh, new addition is so names that were rumored Lorente Giroud Pavoletti Pelé and then the new new name is Quagliarella interesting so uh, out of those players <clears throat> who let's say let's say Chris and Julian are Juventus fans god forbid oh god uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you call guys <laughs> <laughs> Those names would you be most interested in? Uh, most interested well, or most I'm realistic? Gonna... Eh, let's do both. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll start by saying I don't think Juve gets any of those guys. Mm. Um, who would I be most interested in as a Milan fan, not a Juve fan? Because Juve merda, I would be most interested in Giroud. I think he's. Uh, it's weird. He. I don't want to say he's underrated, but uh, I almost feel like he is. A, he, he he scores goals uh, and he scores them often. Um, he's not getting a ton of playing time at Chelsea. Uh, the fact that you know he was starting in some of the World Cup games in 2018 when France won uh, shows that he's obviously got some quality because that team was was stacked from front to back and back to front. So I would say most interested in Giroud, but don't think they get any of them. And Chris, it's so funny you say that too because. I feel like he has had, like, again, going back to that to that World Cup, like, no one rated him highly at all. Like, exactly. it's just, it's so 
odd to say, and I, I agree with you, it's so odd to say that he is now somewhat underrated, even despite everyone saying, you know what, I think he's underrated. Like, everyone's started to recognize that for some reason. I, I, I don't know what did it. But he's uh, clearly, that's, that's, yeah, just a good point. Yeah. Uh, didn't he score a, couple, like a game or two a couple weeks ago? I for Chelsea? Scored, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he's, he's on a pretty decent run of form. <laughs> he's on a pretty decent run of form, too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he scored, you know, some pretty nice goals for Arsenal. Um, I think he's just always in the spotlight, and he's not that, you know, like that sexy striker. He's not super fast. He's not super strong. He doesn't have, you know, skill moves like mm-hmm. Neymar. So, he doesn't maybe, you know, catch the headlines that way, but he's effective, which at the end of the day is what matters. Right. Michael, what do you think? Um, I would be interested, um, I'd be interested in Giroud. I I think I would be, but I also, I mean, I understand why they want an attacker. I would rather them solidify their midfield. I, okay. I mean, so just just for parentheses, uh, they're they are they would do they are doing that with the I think we mentioned Ravella last week, so there was more um, more info about that. So it's a ten million dollar deal that's, uh, that uh, that Juventus will pay Genoa ten million, and then send Porta Nova to Genoa for seven million in return, and then ten percent of that goes to Lazio. So and then Ravella is asking for one million euros in salary. But yeah. Yes, so but that's for that's for uh, the summer. But again, I, yeah, I understand that because he's going to stay. Uh, he's going to stay at Genoa for whatever the remainder of the season, right? Yeah. Um, I I still I I think going forward for this year for the remainder of the season, they especially if they if they're serious about contending for Champions League, they haven't shown me that they can compl- they can have a squad that will play a full. 90 minutes. So you need to bolster your, your midfield hundred percent. There's no question for me. Um, what I think a miracle for this window for them is, is they find the funds to go after a big fish for midfield. If, yeah, if they end up with, I don't know if like, again, end up with another striker. I understand it. It's the same thing when they brought, Matry and again after right they were contending on multiple fronts they needed to you know just kind of have some some depth so whatever it is it makes sense if it's Quag, if it's Giroud like if it's Giroud it's probably better um but again I would prefer if they're serious and and if money isn't necessarily an, like a, a hurdle here if they if they have the funds to do it I would rather them do that because again we know that they lack that any any kind of solid um, solid skill in the midfield. In Michael, opinion. I got a big name but, in the midfielder for you. His name is Christian Eriksen. Okay. Uh, Thirty million. He's yours. I will. <laughs> I will trade you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, well, here, this is this kind of like summarizes Christian Eriksen. Sometimes may be good. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> On that, Julian, what do you think? Of Juve? So the strikers, I mean, yeah. I don't see them getting one of the bigger names. If they do get one of those guys, I think it'll be more the Pavoletti or the Graziano Pele route, um, just because China recently 
had to kind of put a halt on yeah. their soccer funds, which is why there's so many players from the Chinese league who are now being rumored to come back to Syria. Um, but yeah, out of those players. Yeah, so if Pele goes somewhere, he's going to, if, if Pele, he has to go somewhere, right? So he's going to go yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I think he will. Um, out of those guys, though, I agree with Chris. I think Giroud would be your best bet. Um, he's not a finesse player by any means, but he gets the job done. He knows how to score goals. All right, so uh, this is how I think it's going to go down. Dark horse, though, Giroud, just, just quickly. Dark horse, Manzu, Manzukic, but continue. Uh, what, what I think was going to happen, so the first target is going to be Giroud because I, he seems to be on form even though, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Chelsea still won't renew his contract. The second choice is going to be Quadrella, just because you know he still has a talent who can play you know thirty minutes a game, etc. What I think will end up happening will be Gatsano Pele, mm-hmm. just, just because I mean he's already on a free. Um, uh, Pirlo, I think correct me if I'm wrong. I think Pirlo played with them in the Italian national. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So already has a familiarity, and I I I just have a feeling it's going to go down that that route. And when it happens, I'm just going to shake. My hand. <laughs> um, I don't I don't hate I don't hate I wouldn't hate it if Quag came back. I feel like I've I always really enjoyed him playing when he was there. I feel like he didn't get enough uh, playing time. Like he he was solid when he was playing, and again, just he's mm. had a rejuvenation uh, past couple of years. It, but it's always. It, this was always going to be a depth thing, right? If they do bring him back, um, yeah. I, I, I would like to see it just personally, just because I, I like the player. But I think it would uh, it would benefit them if if this means again, if this means they can, if they bring in someone like a Quag, someone on, like cheaper, and it means that they can go after a midfielder or um, you know something else of that sort, maybe like a, a wing back or something as well. Then yes, oh, great. God, we need a the wing back definitely. Need exactly. Back. So like, if, if they oh. do that, if that happens, then great, do it. Bring in fucking, uh, bring in Pele. I don't give a fuck. But just do something yeah. else. <laughs> speaking like uh, and yeah. speaking of like their needs again, Demerol was is someone who is rumored to be unsettled for some reason. Uh, he wants to play. He's complaining about the minutes. I've heard. Uh, I don't know if that is cause for concern. I guess we'll see. But again, I'm sure he'll play this month. There's no question um, if he's back from injury. But again, he needs to, like, I, I understand why he's upset if Bonucci is the player starting over him <laughs> because Bonucci is fucking garbage. So, and, and, but, and everyone sees it. Everybody sees it. There's no one who's saying, oh, yeah, but Bonucci should be starting. Nobody has said that. Everyone is, is, is on the same page here, I think except for Pirlo. So Pirlo needs to just tell Bonucci to get, get fucked, and then maybe Demerol can, can come in and, and actually be productive here. Uh, yeah, so about the Papu Gomez thing, so I don't think Atlanta will let him go. I, I also read something that uh, they don't want to you know, sell him to either Inter or Milan. Now you can add Juventus to that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's going to end up being... Uh, a Milik type situation where uh, the club is just going to refuse offers and the player is going to leave uh, on a Bosman at the end of the season. Um, so f- I think that's a perfect segue to discuss uh, Napoli because there was news about uh, the aforementioned Milik 
uh, where Napoli rejected offers from uh, Marseille and Atletico Madrid. Uh, other Napoli news is uh, I read that uh, they're interested in Zakani for uh, eight to nine million euros for June, and uh, Emerson Palmieri for from Chelsea for uh, ten million euros. Chelsea, <laughs> yeah. Just just quickly uh, on Emerson. Yeah. It would definitely be an upgrade over Mario Rui and uh, Fauzi Gulam. I would say, though, I would be surprised if De Laurentiis didn't sell one of them before bringing in Palmieri. Because if he brings Palmieri in, then there are, you know, three Serie A quality left backs on the roster, both getting, you know, a, a decent salary. And not that De Laurentiis is, you know, the cheapest owner in, in Serie A, but I, I, and just for sporting purposes as well, I, I, I can't see them meeting three, you know, out and out left backs. You know, those guys can't play center back or right back for that matter. So uh, it would be a good signing, but I would expect additional movement as well. So yes, but well, they're still in. They're they're still fighting on multiple fronts as well. They are. I just don't know if your third, like like Fazi Gulan becomes your third left back, and he's not cheap. Uh, and just to quickly compare it to Milan, like their third right back is Pierre Kalulu, like a nineteen year old who's still developing. Mm-hmm. He's not. He doesn't have you know the the biggest salary in the world. So um, now, I mean, if if De Laurentiis is willing to spend that money on the third left back, then you know all power to him. I I, I would expect him anyways to sell one of them. Right. So I, I kind of well, I think Myuri can also play right back as well. So I, yeah, I'm I mean, not... most fullbacks can right at that professional level. But you know, is he effective? I would say no. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, is, has his dad play a game this season? Like, I haven't seen him. Uh, I, I want to say him, yes. To yeah. Okay. I want to say yes, but uh didn't catch my eye anyways if he did play. Yeah, because Di Lorenzo has been playing most of the games. Yeah. And, and he hasn't had a break. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do bring in, for example, a left back and then just move Maya Rui as a backup to right back. Uh, to do, yeah, to right back. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, I think that's all from my end, Michael. Uh, I'm just uh, just confirming here. So uh, Hisage has played six games. So hmm. you suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, okay. So we talked. Yeah, uh, we talked Napoli, Juve. Uh, I guess again, we we talked a little bit about Inter's. Not well, not <laughs> quite, but they're also interested in Pap- Papu, right, Paji? That's not gonna happen. Inter and Pele as well, right? Again, I don't think that one's gonna happen. Oh, and and well, that's right, Julian. Yeah. Um, the thing with Inter, as I mentioned last week as well, um, is they have no money, so they're not. They've already basically. (laughs) Why is that? Well, it's uh, one main reason is they didn't advance in the Champions League. Um, Okay, but (laughs) they've basically already come out and said they're not. Like their goal this transfer window was to cut costs, so I don't expect right. them to make any marquee signings. Um, I know they're trying to get; they've already loaned Nainggolan, so he's uh, Cagliari is covering his wages for the next six months. So I mean, hopefully they'll be able to sell him after that. Um, right. They're trying to move Ericsson So far, there's first I read there were no bites, and then I said Ajax and Wolves were apparently seeing what they could get him for. Um, so I mean, quite the fall from grace for him. 
Um, and then, yeah, Paul, as you mentioned, the newest link today was Adair as the fourth striker, which I still don't get. Um, as I've said <laughs> multiple, multiple, multiple times on this podcast, you have Piedmonte, you have your fourth striker. There's no need to go out and spend... I mean, it'll be a free transfer, but he'll probably want more money than Pinamonti right now. There's literally no point. It's a fourth striker. They're not going to get that many minutes anyways, especially mm-hmm. now without Europe. So it just it makes zero sense. You're going to bring in a guy who's 34, who will maybe play, I don't know, 90 minutes combined for the rest of the season? Right. It makes no sense. Like you were saying last week... Um... Something about uh, uh, that they would say, like, oh, their players coming back is what's going to be uh, <laughs> their, like their, their transfer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and, the Pino's I mean, coming back from injury soon. That's their midfield signing, quote unquote. Um, yeah. I, I just, I think that's not necessarily a mistake. I think it's, it's true. And, and again, they don't need, they are they're in a good position in the sense that they don't need to purchase anybody or, you know, find another player because their squad is already there. Yeah. And I, understand I, the, I, I agree a hundred percent with that. Like, I don't think they need to make any signings. They don't need yeah. the depth they were hoping they would need. Um, exactly. So at this but point, that being said, yeah, that being said though, they, this is, the season is, is up for grabs. They're one point behind Milan. Like they're, they're not out of it by any means. Yeah. And again, I think, I think they are favorites just considering uh, Milan will um, again, will still be fighting in Europe and come uh, Wednesday, they'll have lost Juventus. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's <laughs> no, for sure. And I agree. Um, but I don't think they need that many signings. Like, they do have depth in their... I mean, their midfield, really, if Sensi can stay healthy, you have him. Uh, Vecino coming back, that's another body. I think right. that's six healthy midfielders on the squad. Strikers are where they're low, so I do understand the need for a fourth striker. Because um, really, beyond Lukaku, Lutaro, and Sanchez, there's not much, but I still don't... I don't understand the Adair signing. Um, yeah, no. I think if if they were going to make a move, it would have to be something that made sense again, not for the season, right? It's not just some stupid little thing. It's got to be like a DePaul, but DePaul is likely not going to st- not going to leave Udinese, right? So, if they were going to make something, it would have to be for like next year plus. Which, yeah, and I don't see that happening. I think um, that's why they're trying to cut costs now, and I think you'll see. Exactly. In the summer, in the summer they'll summer move perhaps, for DePaul right. and they'll also move for a left wing back because Young's contract's up. I think Kolarov is up. So they'll right. need another left wing back and hopefully get a, a permanent one, not just the stopgap. Right. So, so I think, Julian, the reason why uh, they're looking to, to move Pinamonte and bring in Adair is because of the, the money that he can bring, right? Yeah. I think. I read something like 15 million euros that he might get, uh, but he wants to stay in Italy. I think, was it Benevento I think I read? I think, yeah, it was Benevento who they're interested in moving him to. Um, which, I mean, I don't know. I'm still torn. I don't want to give up on the guy yet. I think he's still got potential. Um, but if that's, they need money. It is what it is. Kind of just got to accept it and move on. Um, the other thing mm-hmm. with Adair, um, and I've known... I've seen actually our friend Nima tweet about it saying it doesn't make sense because he costs however much money. For Suning, it's no different. He's playing for Jenks or Suning right now. 
So for him to just transfer that money over to Inter, for them in the long long term, it, it's no difference. So that's why I think they're right. looking at him. Right. Uh, okay, let's get off of uh, Inter Merida because fuck them too. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to Milan, Chris. Um, so what's going on with Milan's transfers? Similar to last week, so I won't spend too much time on it, but the, the main one that they're looking at right now is for Mohamed Simakan from uh, Strasbourg. 20-year-old, um, maybe 21-year-old uh, center back. Um, the number Milan's flirting with right now is 15 million euros plus bonuses. Apparently, Strasbourg want 20, so we'll see if they can meet in the middle or work out some sort of you know, deal that we see a lot of now where it's a loan for the first year with a mandatory buy after so on and so forth. Uh, essentially it's just the club looking for a way to not spend all the money up front, which is fair given, you know, the current financial uh, situation everybody's in. Then the other one uh, transfer, the big one anyways, is uh, Coadio Cone, a 19 year old French midfielder from Toulouse. Uh, I haven't seen the, amount that's being mentioned right now but nonetheless these are both young players again as i mentioned last week which are in line with uh, maldini's um kind of mo and again they'll add to that squad depth uh, that uh, milan desperately needs especially at those two positions so we'll see if uh, one or both of those can can come through yeah it'd be interesting okay, so I- just quickly paul yeah like again yeah. to your point chris like it's they milan have what it, like you were saying, they're the youngest squad or one of the youngest squads, right, in Europe. So, yeah, if they can continue to build like that and build again quality, like that's that's going to be massive. And and again, that they're just going to solidly build their uh, their next couple of seasons for them, right? Even if they need to sell one and, and get a bigger fish, like that's that's going to be huge. Yeah. So I, I just want to fill in the. Uh... Mm-hmm the information that was missing there. So uh, um, the amount that Milan offered for Kone was, uh, was 5 million and Toulouse are asking for 10. So it's the same, same, same situation for um, the, the Strasbourg defender. Where, you know, they're, they're still negotiating. There's still, again, there's still a month left in, in the transfer window. So we'll see uh, if they can make a deal. And um, Chris, as you said, that the Kone signing or potential signing would be, uh, not for the future, but he would immediately come in as a squad player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as well. Yeah, he could. Well, most likely he'd bump Krunich a bit further down the pecking order. Right. Yeah, that's it for, Milan. Right. for right now. Anyways, who knows? Uh, might wake up tomorrow morning and we'll have a whole <laughs> new uh, list of guys to discuss. Yeah, exactly. It's a hey, that's that's the risk we take when we talk about this stuff, right? It's it's gonna it's here today and gone tomorrow. So silly season for a reason. Um, that's it exactly. exactly, and just like possibly Gijo, right? Because uh, he might be leaving Milan. Anyways, let's move on to, <laughs> um, uh, I guess just quickly, Roma are uh, Polo. Did they they're, they're in talk still with uh, Lil, or they haven't uh, they haven't actually gone through? But they're looking at the that left back. Um, is he left back? No, what is he? No, right, right back. back. Right back. Um, yeah. Zeki Celik uh, for $15 million. He's uh, a 23-year-old 20, who's playing for Lille. Um, well, uh, just on Roma too, right? Uh, we mentioned how uh, players will be returning from China. Uh, El Shawari has also been a name. I think we discussed last week as well. 
there hasn't been any uh, updates to that, but that's another name just to keep uh, keep in the back of your right, mind. Right, yeah. When it comes to yeah, because I'm sure we're going to hear something in the coming days for yeah. so at least for sure before January. Sorry, Mike, you yeah. said he's a right back? Uh, he is a right back, yeah. Yeah, well, it's just interesting because, again, similar to the Napoli situation with Palmieri coming in and, you know, two left backs already being there. You know, Roma already has Karsdorp and Bruno Perez. Now, I don't think either one of them are, uh, you know, Champions League quality fullbacks. So I guess that's, you know, Fonseca um, making another positive move in his mind anyways. Um, I'm not familiar with this player, but mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's an improvement over what he thinks he has in Perez and Karsdorp. Right. And well, and they I mean, well they just got cars dropped too, right? And this this is He's uh, injured often too. Yeah, and, and I mean fifteen million isn't a massive uh spending on it. And if it turns out again, he's still young, he's twenty three, so it's I mean young ish. Um mm-hmm. so if that pays off again, that's that's good for the future. Go ahead, Paulo. For me it's to replace Bruno Perez because I think uh he's not good enough to, to be in the starting lineup and has Roma has have performed very poorly when he has started games. Uh, I know, uh, according to Roma Twitter, Karsdorp uh, played well against Sampdoria. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll see a uh, resurgence of form for uh, the player who has been mostly injured in his Roma career. So I, th- for, for my opinion, uh, I'll reiterate that it will be to replace Bruno Perez. I'd be interested right. to see, yeah, because Karsdorp, I know he assisted uh, the Jekyll goal against Samp, but I think like even in recent games, he's had a couple couple either assists or, like, goals he's been involved with. So I think he's slowly starting to find his form. Right. So you, you might say sometimes he's maybe good. Yeah. Sometimes good. maybe shit. Other time. Maybe shit. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, let's uh, move on here to uh, just a little bit of Fiorentina and Torino action. Who's that? Uh, Chris. Uh, what's going on there? Yeah. I can, yeah, I'll tackle uh, that Torino thing there. So they're looking at uh, Christian Kwame. Now, I've mentioned how poor I think Zaza is and, you know, doesn't really merit a spot in the starting 11. I know um, Bonazzoli, correct? Yeah, uh, they did sign him. Is there as well. Yeah. Um, and then there's also Simone Verdi, who isn't really a striker. He's more of an attacking mid or a winger, in my opinion, anyways. Um, so what's interesting to me about this is that and, you know, I mentioned last pod or maybe two pods ago that I thought um, Urbano Kaido deserves some credit for sticking with Giampaolo because, again, usually, you know, a club like Torino with a poor start as they had, the manager usually gets the axe. He's stuck with them. He believes in them. And so for them to go out and actually sign Kwame on a transfer would really show that he believes in Giampaolo and that he believes in the, in the squad that's there. Um, I don't know how much Torino are able to spend on him, but uh, I think that would be a good signing. I know Julian or Paulo, can't remember, one of you have kind of talked about how you're, you know, kind of been disappointed in, in his play a little bit at Fiorentina, and, and rightly so, but I do think he's talented, and I think, you know, at the right club and with the right manager, he can be, you know, effective, similar to how he was at Genoa. So that's the, the main one for Torino right now. I'm not sure if there was another one we, we were maybe going to discuss. Uh, that was Duncan, Alfred right, Duncan, right. as well on from, from, Fiorentina. from Fiorentina. So I think the Duncan transfer would potentially be a replacement for Mete, which I think he's supposed to go back to uh, France as well. That's, I think that's the, the rumor mill for that. Uh, the, the the Duncan signing, I, I I always thought Duncan 
was a good player. Uh, again, not so much for Fiorentina because, you know, again, Fiorentina has been very poor this season. Uh, but uh, Sassuolo, I thought he was very good on Sassuolo. So, I mean, I, I thought he was going to be a good signing for Fiorentina when they got him. But, again, um, if they find – if that if Giampaolo can, can find the form that Duncan had uh, at Sassuolo, then I think that would definitely change uh, – Torino's seasons uh, so far. And sim- similar to Kuame, because at Genoa, when, you know, all of Serie A wanted his signature, he was playing as a winger. And at Fiorentina, he's, from what I said anyways, predominantly played as a striker. It was usually, you know, a 3-5-2 at Fiorentina or a variation of that. So he was playing as one of the two central strikers. So if Torino gets him, then Giampaolo could, you know, work in a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 with Belotti being the lone striker and then having Kwame and maybe Verdi as the winger. So it opens up um, some different tactical options for Giampaolo if, if they can get him in. Uh, didn't, isn't that what he did at Milan and Sampdoria? Was it like a 4-3-3, something like that? Uh, Giampaolo? Yeah. Uh, it was a 4-4-2, but the midfield four was a diamond. So, uh, um, yeah, it would be different. But again, you, you want to try and not cater to your attacking players, but you want to set them up for success and that would definitely help him. Yeah. Uh, as you said, uh, like, uh, especially moving Verdi out wide. Cause I think Verdi also has been playing as like a kind of a striker as yeah. well. Uh, when he's been, when he's been coming on the field. So maybe uh, a shift in formation will, will do some of the player justice. Agreed. Just to quickly touch on Kwame. I've always liked him. I thought he was a skilled player, especially leaving Genoa. Um, However, he did tear his ACL before yep. he moved to Fiorentina, and then he kind of never really looked like the same player. So, I mean, hopefully if he gets a fresh start, it kind of helps him. Right. Um, I think just... Michael, well, is, there, is there anything yeah, else Well, list? no, that's kind of it. I just wanted to... We didn't talk about... When we are talking about Inter and Pelé... I think that's I think that's something to look out for. Just now that I'm thinking about it more, because wasn't Conte the coach when Pelé had his his uh, big um, Euros uh, Euros, right? So yeah. I feel like that's yeah. something oh, that meme's to... already been going around into Twitter nonstop. But yeah, has Pelé it? at the okay. Euros. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that that marriage. Yeah, but it was the same happen. thing for Adair as well. well that's Adair why played, both played of these well are possible. <laughs> I also, um, yeah, I, I, pers- yeah. I wanted to mention just quickly how we're apparently experts on ACL pairs because I saw Pusetto <laughs> land awkwardly and right away I called that was an ACL pair. Yeah. Although I don't uh, think they've yeah. officially announced it. They've just said it's a cruciate injury. Yeah, I think. That's because right, you guys haven't again, officially uh, announced it. Exactly. Which is, so here it is. Julian, go for it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Pusetto tore his ACL. I saw that hyperextension. <laughs> it didn't look good. Oh yeah, well, also a friend, uh, one one of our friends is a uh, is a physiotherapist, so you know, of course, we have uh, <laughs> discussions we have about about we have science on our side exactly and four that. torn ACLs on yeah. our side. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, the good days. No, the good those days. are terrible days. <laughs> Brutal. Well, we know that uh, we, yeah, we we definitely know that Syria has uh, we have their ear because clearly uh, Urbano Cairo has has not let go of Giampaolo because of Chris's huge endorsement of him, right? So yes, we know that there's uh, we have some pull. We're happy to be able to do what we can. Um, 
much uh yeah just much love to uh, was it Pasetto who's who's fucked now for life so just I think so yeah yeah sorry <laughs> I was gonna say if any if anybody's gonna vote for us on the Faces magazine, it's got to be Giampaolo. Oh, he, he yes. basically owes us, right? <laughs> exactly, Chris. I uh, challenge you to get that vote, and Paulo, you will write the card for it. Write, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Paulo, you laugh, but it's gonna happen. Yeah. Well, okay. Listen, if that happens, uh, like I said, like I said, I'll write a a thank you letter. I won't. I can't write, you know, five hundred sure individual. Yes, yes, you time, can. What but... is stopping you from doing that? I don't know. Time. Okay. So I mean, maybe maybe a thank you letter posted on Twitter. I think I think that's a that's a good compliment. No. <laughs> Uh, Mike, is there anything else to talk about? Uh, do you happen to have a City of B minutes? Uh, there, there was games today. I know um, Piscara won one okay. nothing, uh, and Empoli retook the lead, or sorry, extended their lead at top of the table. Okay, and, and that's my Serie B minute because I was focused on. Uh, on oh, yeah, don't worry, Paulo. I got you. Balotelli got hurt, so he didn't play today. That's right, and was it? I think it was a zero-zero draw for Monza against uh, who was it? Brescia, yeah, I, I think. Anyway, I Brescia? think I was about to bet on it and opted not to. Yeah, <laughs> Empoli made did some money though, so I was happy about that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and then also Serie B, Esposito apparently Inter looking to recall him from loan and send him elsewhere because he's not getting playing time with Spal. Yes, yeah, so we're advocating that he goes to Pescara because they definitely need help <laughs> uh, up top. So I know they're signing. I think it was, um, oh, I can't remember the, the name, but they they signed a striker, and I, I think he he scored a couple of goals, but they're not scoring consistently enough to kind of make me, um, you know, calm about their uh, survival uh, prospects. So I mean, if they sign another striker, I'll be very uh, very pleased. Good. Good. <laughs> Good. Um, okay, I don't know if I'm... I don't know what else I have here. I think that's kind of it then. Um, why don't we play this real quick again? I had dreams that, that <laughs> you, um, you had... You, you, you could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything. That sums up Enter's transfer strategy, by the way. Oh my god! Just rambling nonsense. <laughs> Jeez. Christ. Okay, well, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, I, like, I'm I'm looking forward, of course, to the Milan game, uh, Milan Juventus game, uh, and also to the rest of this month. You know, there's there's gonna be five uh, Syria match days uh, in January, plus a Coppa Italia tie. So, and especially that we're on lockdown, so it'll get, keep me keep myself busy. Yes, quite. We'll have to um, see if uh, Inter hit their true January form and shit lose the bed. game after game after game. Shit the bed. Yes. I suspect they will. <laughs> I suspect they will. 
I have a knack for, I think, delaying just long enough that I can pull up these these clips. Uh, All right, Michael, wrap it up. (laughs) Fine. Uh, All right. Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Um, Again, vote for uh, vote for our um, nominations here on in Faces Magazine, uh, best pot or favorite podcast slash podcaster. And uh, favorite sports podcast, we would very much appreciate that. And we, we really want to take home this hardware and kind of show, uh, show what the power of city ass soccer, right? That's what we want. We want to uh, just bring Calcio Twitter to the forefront and, and, and all this fun stuff. So let's, uh, let's get out there and make sure that we're, we're, we're voting for, for the, this fun award. Um, Outside of that, uh, again, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Rated This Way and on Instagram at RTW Calcio. Um, I think that's it, Paulo. Did I, did I cover all the bases here? Uh, okay, Chris, so. Julian. We, we got in a small, small Serie B minute. That's it, or, that's uh, it exactly. That. Chris and Julian, do we have anything else to add? What? No, just. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all the game. looks like all of the match day 16 games are Wednesday. Um, Thirty. Uh, not at two forty-five. No, six thirty and nine a.m. games. I think it's oh, going to be yeah. literally a full game because yeah, Italy is, is off. The, well, Italy's off, so it's basically a weekend, right? So it's because uh, right. it's it's Lepifania, so yeah. it's going to be a full day of uh, of soccer. Yeah, that makes sense. Six thirty, and then it looks like a bunch of games at nine. Yeah, a noon game, and then two forty-five. Oh, that's a good day. Yeah, this so is going to be a fun, very good day. The I'm bringing. I'm bringing the coffee yes. machine downstairs. <laughs> if you're allowed. Uh, yes, I have to ask the hotel manager. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now that we uh, made Chris shoot himself in the foot, I think that's <laughs> it for the show. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. And again, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye.